His first day back at work is finally over. Rushing home, he steps over the flowers and condolences on his front steps and slams it all behind his door. After eating just enough, he goes straight to bed and lays there wishing he was someone else. His phone vibrates with message alerts and check-ins. Hey Glenn, we're all here for you, man. Whatever you need, whenever you need it. But he needs his wife. His hands turn to fist, knowing she's dead. They were both in the car that night, coming home from the party, but he told her he'd drive. And at the intersection, the truck hit the passenger side. He punches his nightstand until it's in pieces and blood drips down his knuckles. He falls asleep, crying, missing her more than he can stand, and wakes up in their bedroom, but it looks different. Wandering around, Glenn sees pictures of him, Donna, and a baby. They never had kids, so he's probably dreaming. In the hallway, there's photos of them in Mexico, Oregon, Cambodia, and trips they only talked about taking. Then in the kitchen, he sees her making coffee, alive and well in her PJs. She's so beautiful, it hurts. He's scared to blink. She might disappear. She catches him staring. Uh, morning creep. You want coffee? He wants her. He marches over and sets her cup down before throwing her on the counter. His hands and lips savor every bit he can get. He pulls down her pajamas when their little son wanders into the kitchen. <clears throat> uh, morning, baby. Hungry? She fixes herself before picking him up. And Glenn wakes up again. But in a small, plain, white room with bed sheets and scrubs to match. The sun shines through one window with bars on it. A nurse walks in with a tray of pills. Good morning, Glenn. How are you feeling today? He tells her he's fine. Hiding his confusion, he takes his pills and spits them out when she's gone. Stepping out of his room into the psychiatric ward, he asks around for answers. His neighbor tells him he was brought here yesterday morning. Apparently, he went insane with grief. You kept saying your wife wasn't dead. Kept asking for her and, and your son? Like you was sure she was alive and they had it wrong. Glenn's doctor shows him a recording of their meeting yesterday. And the person in it looks and sounds like him, but it's not. The twin explains that he woke up in a house he didn't recognize. He called out for his family, but they didn't answer. 
He stumbled into his wife's memorial outside and it freaked him out. The other him called the police to report his wife and son missing, but he couldn't prove they had a son or that he hadn't lost his mind. So they put him in here. The doctor asked him to describe his son, and it's the boy Glenn saw in his dream. He doesn't believe it, and he's crazy for thinking it, but he understands now. After dinner, he goes to sleep thinking about Donna, and when he wakes up, she's in his arms, in this other world where she's alive. Her husband, the twin, trades places with him and he's in the psych ward now. Later at breakfast, Donna keeps looking at Glenn. She's worried, but he's too happy to care. She took her version of him to the hospital for an explanation. He's never blacked out or had a nightmare like that before. But his brain scans were normal and doctors discharged him. All right, enough of this, Glenn says. Come on, son, we're going to the park. His smile is huge and looks just like hers. Come, mommy, come. Reluctant at first, she agrees. The two of them walk down the street, arm in arm, their baby waddling in front of them. And every so often, he steals a kiss from the love of his life. It's so perfect. They take turns pushing their son on the swing. But when it's Glenn's turn, he starts feeling strange. No, no, fuck you, no, not again. He wakes up in the white room, pissed. Motherfucker figured it out too and switched us back, god damn it. Okay, okay, I just need to find a way to make this permanent. With Glenn's doctor, he tells her he's ready to face his grief head on. In therapy, he says everything he needs to, to pass off as depressed but sane and makes so much progress in the next couple weeks, he's discharged. After buying zip ties and metal cords, he heads straight home, then waits until it's dark, and he's sure the other him's gone to sleep. The cord around Glenn's neck is hung from the ceiling fan, and his hands are tied behind his back. When he kicks off the chair he's standing on, he'll switch with the other him, and he'll die in his place. He counts to three, thinks of Donna as hard as he can, then kicks. He wakes up next to her again, but his hands are tied to the bedpost. Baby, what, what the fuck is this? She asks for their code word but he doesn't know it, and she uses that as proof. You're him, she says. Donna thought her Glenn was going crazy, but trusted him 
when he told her what was happening. Get out of my husband and don't ever come back here. Back in his world, her Glenn is kicking around, trying to concentrate and get back to her. But I love you, he says, more than him, because I know what it's like losing you. Like an angel, she puts her hand on his cheek, then sinks to the edge of the bed, looking him straight in the eyes. She knows about where he's from, and that she's dead there, and I am so sorry for what happened, but you can't be here. I don't care where you go, but it can't be here. He'll always give her what she wants. Always. Goodbye, baby. He lets her Glenn come back, and now he's gasping his last breaths, hanging from the ceiling fan. Dying, he thinks about what Donna said. I don't care where you go, but it can't be here. The lights are going out, and his vision is closing. He has to focus. He thinks of her scent, her smile. And he wakes up in their car. She's driving. It worked. He found another Donna. He's so happy. Then, at a stoplight, he notices it. She's wearing the same dress she wore that night to the party. This version of Glenn didn't offer to drive. The light turns green. They cross into the intersection. And he sees truck headlights coming right at him. <laughs>